0: Welcome to Normcore. We're talking about the Academy Awards. I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode?
1: What? Welcome to 1000 Wives of Weird, the podcast It's about everything weird, mostly movies. I'm Billy Martell, and with me as always is... Uh, Academy member Brad Hefner. (laughs) Exactly. And today, as the intro said, we're not talking about weird movies or obscure movies. We're talking about the most main of mainstream. Yes. Academy fodder. We've sold out, motherfuckers. There's some uh, good picks in here, though. There are some good picks. So, the Academy Awards... Uh, is a weird, weird institution. Uh, not, not in, not in the good weird way that we usually no. talk about. When I say weird in this way, I mean it's odd that it's still around. Back in the day, Hollywood decided we're we're going to stick it to the critics by uh, saying that we're the ones who know how real movies are made. Therefore, we'll decide at the end of every year who made the best of the best movies. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's more of like this weird sort of gasp at cultural relevance where at the end of every year the Oscars say we know what's important and then nominate only a few movies that came out during a certain number of months right before the Oscars took place yeah and that all have a very similar vibe they all have a very similar vibe They lack. They, there's a certain lack of imagination Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movies p- it's... produced by the uh, Disney Corporation especially mm-hmm. in the animated categories and special effects categories comic books, horror movies uh, anything that we would consider genre fiction is usually skewed. Yep. Real life stories and anything relating to topical political discourse of the day, or, again, to assert Hollywood having some sort of uh, political or cultural significance, or
0: anything that is like
1: "Hooray for Hollywood!" Hooray for Hollywood is a big one, which is also again about asserting Hollywood is significant, yes. y'all. So it's it's someone made a movie about how Hollywood is good. Thank right. God, thank God. So yeah, it's just a lot of sort of old white people talking about like we know what's we know what's hip with the kids.
0: It really uh, is sort of like uh, a group of people like that Batman would encounter in a cave somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we control the moving pictures, Batman. <laughs> We exactly. know what's
1: best. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 basically the Hollywood Court of Owls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> why are we talking about this on a podcast? It's about, you know, the counterculture. Because as movie fans, we have a love-hate relationship with the Oscars. Yeah,
0: here's how I believe most people view the Oscars. Mm-hmm. The Oscars are bullshit. Yes. Unless something I like wins something. <laughs> And then I will say, you should
1: watch this. It won an Oscar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I think that's most award shows. That's also the, uh, the Golden Globes. I mean, the Golden Globes are the jokiest of the jokes. The Golden Globes are the biggest joke. And, and this year, especially, because apparently they had like a, a real shit show of a presentation oh yeah yeah there were like technical issues and all the stuff they kept cutting to al pacino and al pacino was stoned out of his <laughs> mind so yeah so but the oscars are really making a big push especially in 2020 the year that when hollywood was the least relevant it may have ever been hollywood is really pushing the oscars are really pushing this year to make themselves important mm. by nominating by not only opening the nominations Two movies outside of theaters so that they didn't have to throw some pity nominations to Birds of Prey oh. uh, or Sonic, but also uh, so that they could nominate a few more obscure films that more fit their idea of what an Oscar film should be. Yes. There are a lot of films that made it to the awards this year that may not have made it to the awards on previous years if the normal amount of movies that come out of Hollywood each year had actually come out. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so today we're talking about our predictions for the Oscars. We're also going to talk about, since 1,000 Wives of Weird was begun in 2020, we're yes. going to talk about the movies that we covered that we thought should have been nominated if, instead. If we were doing our own Oscars, <laughs> right? these are who would win. And as we said in the Horse Girl episode, we're also going to be talking about a few other movies that came out in 2020 that we think deserve honorable mention, Yes, even if the Oscars themselves don't necessarily want to talk about. First one for me is definitely Birds of Prey. We haven't gotten to that part, but since I already mentioned it, Birds of Prey was a pretty great movie. Oh, absolutely. At least in one of the technical categories for... Production design, if nothing else. Production design. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but because it's it's a comic book movie that's not produced by Disney and therefore did not spend thousands of dollars trying to pay off the Oscars whoever's a member the members of the Academy, it did not get nominated, so fuck it. So uh how are we how are we gonna do it? We're just gonna go through our lists of, of Oscar noms? Uh sure. This we're in kind of un, uncharted territory with this. We don't have a single narrative to talk about. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we didn't really, and neither of us were able to before because we had to rush this episode out if, between the time that the nominations happened and the uh, between the time the nominations happened and the actual Oscars show. We kind of had to rush this out, so neither of us got a chance to watch all of the movies that were nominated for every category. No, I think I ended up watching fourteen or fifteen. Uh, I think that's probably a fair guess uh, about as many as I watched. There are certain categories I had to just say, I have no idea. Like, best documentary, no idea. No idea who's going to win that, because I didn't watch any of them. Okay, I watched some of them. Okay, good.
0: I tried to watch uh, across uh, sort of a broad range. The only thing I didn't get to
1: was any of the shorts. I watched one of the shorts, and I have at least an opinion about some of them, but I don't know who's going to win. All right,
0: so the first category, actor in a leading role. Yes. Nominees, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, which we both saw. Yes. Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which we both saw. Yes. Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, which you saw. I did. And I refuse to watch. Really? <laughs> I don't refuse to watch it. I don't want to watch it. Got it. Okay. And Steven Yeun for Minari, which was my big miss for last year.
1: Really wanted to see it. Yeah. I uh, did not. Minari and the the father was my big miss. Yes. I, I really wanted to see that very muchly so. It has a, a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, but I missed out.
0: I think it's bold to have Anthony Hopkins play Darth Vader. One of the most famous movie fathers. He's, he's already done oh, Hannibal. Let's have him play another <laughs> iconic villain.
1: He's he's his, his new goal in life is to play every entry on the AFI Top 100 yes. Villains list. Next one, Michael Myers. After that, the Wicked Witch of the West. Yep. <laughs> So who do we think will win this category? Uh, Chadwick Bozeman for me? I think that Chadwick Bozeman should win. Yes, and I think that in under normal circumstances, he would he will win this year, especially because he died. Yes, the Oscars are sentimental like that and or the Academy is sentimental, I should say. And uh, he did give a career-defining performance. It's amazing. In this movie. Like, if you have not seen Ma Ring's Black Bottom, holy shit.
0: It's a, it's a pretty good movie.
1: It's a pretty good per- movie, but Chadwick Boseman's performance... He is incredible. ...is, like, touching the moon levels of amazing. The only thing is, again, because this is about more about the Oscars and the Academy saying, we mean something than anything else... I have a sneaking suspicion at the back of my mind that Steven Yoon might win. Okay. Again, neither of us were able to see Minari. No. I'm sure it was great. I don't know anything about it because I was saving myself to watch it, and then I I ran out of time. And also, it's $20 to rent right now. Yes. And I am not made of money. Ignore the pile of Power Rangers DVDs in the background. I am not made of money. But ignore the fact that you are a golem made out of money a golem literally made out of money ignore that and just listen to me when I say I'm not made out of money I needed to defend Prague all I had was all this money what
0: else am I gonna do except form it into a man shape
1: and use Jewish mysticism to bring that money to life And defend the shit out of Prague. Defend the shit out of Prague. And then instead, I just wandered off and started a film podcast. Yeah. Uh, Disappointing. Very disappointing. But I think that because of the recent outbreak of of hatred against Asians in the media that is a very hot-button issue in the past couple of months, I think that Hollywood might want to push... Towards that angle, into that, and not and award Stephen Yoon as a symbolic gesture. Well,
0: I think that happened too late for that to really be a factor in the voting. You think so? I do. Okay. Here's the way he. This could either be regular white Oscars, mm-hmm. or this could be the year of the Black Oscars. Sure. And I think because of everything that happened in 2020, mm-hmm. we're more likely to see the year of the Black Oscars, because again. Yes. Uh, that's more, much more in the minds of old people trying to be relevant.
1: That's is, that's is true. And also yeah. like you said, Chadwick Boseman sadly mm-hmm. passed away. He did. So here's here's my the only thing I will say against that. Hollywood is liberal. Yes. But it is it is mainstream liberal. Yes. And it is much more fun for liberals to talk about Asian hate crimes than it is to talk about uh, police brutality against black people. True. Because uh, police brutality against black people shows that there is a systematic issue that needs to be upended in this country. And mainstream liberals want everything to go back to normal so they can go back to brunch. Yes. And hate crimes against Asian people can sometimes be perpetrated by black people. Yes. So it leads to more of a bad apples narrative
0: again i think all of that happened too late to really be
1: that is entirely possible
0: now out of all the movies we watch for this show yes who do you think is the best
1: lead actor the best lead actor out of all of the performances that we've seen yes i this might be a strange choice okay i don't know but i think i have to give it to the dad from the grither episode okay uh, from from the seasons of belief i think for my money personally and when i think back to all the the movies that we've watched there have been some great performances oh absolutely but i think that the one that the 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 one thing that we watched that was singularly hinged on one performance or two performances yes that really uh made the entire thing win or lose based on those performances was Seasons of Belief, and uh, that dad, or granddad, was he? He was a dad. He was a dad. That dad really killed it. He did. Mm-hmm. And then he was killed. And then he was killed. Spoiler alert. Spoiler For alert. For this very
0: hard-to-find thing that you should absolutely watch. <laughs> I would give it
1: to Jean Dujardin in uh, Deerskin. Oh, I didn't count Deer Skin because I think we did that episode this year. Either way, like, oh, okay. just... <laughs> Just every, anything we've done before oh, okay. this.
0: I'm sorry that I didn't uh, make that clear. I misunderstood when I was making my thing. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. But I thought that's one of the best... And I, I said this on that episode, but... It is hard to judge performances in foreign languages. It is. Just, that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. So when a performance really comes through, despite that language barrier, I'm fucking blown away. He did that with... Uh, for me,
1: in Deerskin, I completely agree with with everything you're saying there. Uh, I guess we'll just have to fight to the death for our choices later on. Yeah,
0: we will. Yeah,
1: okay. Uh, Best Supporting Actor. Who are the nominations there? Sasha Baron Cohen for the Trial of the
0: Chicago Seven, mm-hmm. which we both saw. Daniel uh, Kaluuya, I hope I'm saying that right. Sure. For Judas and the Black Messiah, which we both saw. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, <laughs> which we both saw. We did. Paul Rachi? Racy? Paul, uh, I'm not... I'm not sure. Again, no preparation for this. <laughs> That's one thing I always try to do Like during my episodes. I'm like, if I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. Yeah. I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to figure it out. You're going to find uh, out, yeah. But again, no preparation for this. <laughs> no preparation. Uh, for Sound Just of... like
1: our Antichrist episode. No preparation. Yes. Everyone's names are getting butchered.
0: Yep. Again, apologies to Charlotte Gainsbourg, <laughs> But for Sound of Metal... And Lakeith Stanfield also for Judas
1: and the Black Messiah. Mm -hmm. All right, Billy, what do you think should win? What I think should win is uh, I'm of two minds either David, sorry, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. I keep wanting to say Kalua. I know. But Kaluuya, either Daniel Kaluuya or Lakeith Stanfield, but either way, Judas and the Black Messiah I should take it. Yes. And who do you think will win? Who do I think will win Sasha Baron Cohen? Really? Yes.
0: Uh I agree with you that either Lakeith Stanfield or Daniel Daniel, Dan as I like we'll, to call him. We'll call him Dan, yeah. Uh our should, friend Dan. Should win. Mm-hmm. I think Dan will win. Okay. Because again, I'm I'm putting my eggs in the basket of the year of the Black Oscars. Sure and this really comes down to either of those two. Mm-hmm. Paul Polly from Sound of Metal, great job. Absolutely. Fantastic role. One of the best parts of that movie. Sasha Baron Cohen also did a great job in Trial of the Chicago 7. Did 7. a great job, yeah. But again, I think they're going to go with a uh, a black actor. It's although in a regular Oscar year, I would agree with you. Sasha right. Baron Cohen, it's when we talk about Best Picture, I'll talk more about Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah, that
1: is definitely a very Hollywood liberal movie. It's a super Hollywood liberal movie, and this, so, so here, yeah, I, I think I'm being the more cynical one today, and I think you're, which is I, unusual, but you, you're definitely going with this idea that there, that this is going to be a black Oscars, this is going to be a really black Oscars. Let me be clear.
0: Yeah, that notion is powered by cynicism. Okay, okay. I, I think this is a calculated choice by them where it's like... Gotcha. I uh, just fucking uh, Robert De Niro hunched over his desk
1: being like, uh, what's 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 that black movie? What's that black movie? <laughs> so my... I, I guess I maybe I am giving them too much credit in that I, I'm looking at this and You saying, think they're going to be honest. Like, <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to be you honest. You think they're going to vote with their heart. They're never honest. They're never honest. But I think that... Uh, I guess I'm giving them too much credit that they they know what these movies are about. And that Judas and the Black Messiah, while an incredible film, an incredible film which I am in love with, absolutely in love with, and these performances I'm in love with, is a very, very hard left movie. Oh, yeah. And Trial of the Chicago 7 is... The kind of movie that, if it were a person, voted for Joe Biden and was happy about it. Yes. Uh, so, I think that Hollywood, also being the uh, <laughs> personification of a person who voted for Joe Biden and was happy about it, will end up going with Sasha Baron Cohen and being like, see, this is us supporting the right things, so-called, but not supporting them too much. Okay. That is that is my interpretation. I'm not saying Sasha Baron Cohen does not deserve accolades for his performance. He was great. He does. Juice and the Black Messiah blew almost everything I've seen from this year out of the water. Yeah. Not my favorite year of 2020. We'll get to that later. But it is a movie that fucking rocked my world. Absolutely. And it deserves more awards than I predict it will get. And again, like, like I said, I'm of two minds. It could go either
0: way. Sure. But of the movies we've seen... Yeah. Who do you think was the best supporting actor?
1: The best supporting actor of the movies that we have seen. Yes. Let's see here. Uh, I I went for a personal choice with this one. Okay. And I gave it to an actor who we normally wouldn't nominate for anything, and it probably is not going to win too many other awards. Adolf Hitler. No. The guy who played Hart in uh, Me and My Dick. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was fantastic. He was fantastic, and... and I just, I just wanted to give me and my dick a little, a little shot in the arm. Because sure, it's not going to get a that lot What's that fellow's name?
0: I don't remember. Oh, great. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but he knows who he is. He knows who he is. He's definitely listening, and he listens to every one of our episodes. Oh, by the way, he's a big fan.
0: By the way, speaking of another big fan, yeah, we should mention. That probably our biggest fan, Prince Philip, passed away
1: today. Oh, no.
0: Yeah, listened to every episode.
1: Oh. Always
0: would send in fan mail to our email address that I never check. Right. Except to get my Prince Phil emails. Right, of course. Uh, Wivesofweird at gmail.com. Yep. Always filled with racist, barely coherent ramblings. Right, right. R.I.P. See you at the crossroads. Mm Mm-hmm. In strange eons, even death may die. Yes. Like I told you in the car, the man looked like Ava Goda's dad.
1: <laughs> and even Ava Goda is like, hey, hey
0: don't I talk look about- like a 20-year-old next to him. <laughs> don't talk about my dad like that. Shabazz Vagoda was a saint. <laughs>
1: shazbat pagoda was a was a was a hey we don't allow profanity
0: we don't allow profanity like that <laughs> this is a clean podcast this is we no it's not a clean this podcast. is a family podcast we draw the line at the s word shazbat stop saying can i say felger carp no okay uh my choice for actor in a supporting role and you may quibble with the fact that this is a supporting role okay john glover
1: and meet the Hollowheads. No, I think you're right. I think that is a supporting role, and also I am ashamed of myself for not thinking of that. Yeah. In fact, I kind of want to go back and change my answer. As much as I love the heart, I'm going to nominate him for the Oscar. Okay. But I'm going to give it for Best Supporting Actor to uh, John Glover's boss. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: it's. I could go either way too, but John Glover's yeah. manic... John barely glover, concealed homosexuality uh, it was just so wonderful
1: john glover deserves every award for every performance he's he ever should, given he should get an award for judas and the black messiah <laughs> <laughs> man. john glover
0: a white man if you didn't get that joke yeah yeah
1: no john glover is is one of my favorite people in the universe
0: all right actress in a leading role yes we have viola davis for ma Rainey's black bottom Andra Day for The United States versus Billy Holiday, which neither of us saw. Nope. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, which neither of us saw. No. Frances McDormand for Nomadland, which neither of us saw. <laughs> and Carey Mulligan for Promising Young Woman, which we both saw. Yes, and loved. And loved. Now, this is a tough one. This is really tough. Because between the two movies that we did see... Yeah. And... Grant, I did not see these other movies, but I've heard that you the United States versus Billy Holiday was not well received. It was not. Okay. But again, they're going to try to do something with this Oscars. Yes. So it could go to either Carrie Mulligan or Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. And either one of those
1: deserve it. They do. They that's that's the thing is that out of the two movies that we saw, I would be comfortable giving this award to either of them. Like they yes. both did an incredible job.
0: Has anyone ever shared an Oscar? Have they ever cut it down the middle? <laughs> like, uh, like, like uh the like, baby
1: in the Solomon story? I was gonna go with the crown the 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 the, the crown, the homecoming queen crown from Mean Girls. Oh. Like break it in half and, and share it between the t- characters. I like the
0: baby-killing story better. You like the
1: baby-killing story better? Well, you are uh, a big biblical scholar. I am. Yeah. Academy
0: member, biblical scholar.
1: I wear a lot of hats.
0: (laughs) Unfrozen caveman lawyer. Yes. Yes.
1: So, yeah, I I, I honestly... gun to your head,
0: who would you choose? Who would I choose? I would choose Viola Davis. I think I would, too.
1: Because as good as Carrie Mulligan was, there's a difference between protagonist acting... And character acting, yes, and protagonist acting, in my very uninformed opinion. I mean, I've acted, but like I'm not a paid actor. No. I just do community theater. Uh, is easier. It's easier to go in and and be the cool person, to be the interesting, yeah, to be the interesting central focus. Ma Rainey is Viola Davis transforming into a different person. Absolutely. Completely.
0: Carrie Mulgan is fantastic. Absolutely. But I could definitely see other actresses playing that role. Sure. And it's also... I do. We don't want to
1: take anything away from her. That's no, absolutely thing. not. We loved her in this the movie. The thing
0: is, it's not a flashy role. No. It's a flashy... It's... It's a, it's, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a flashy
1: movie. It's a flashy movie, but that role is very flat. She's very... She's a protagonist. She's, yes, she is, and... She's meant know. to be a character, but at the same time, she's also meant to be enough of a... Any protagonist has to have enough blank slate in them that the audience can put themselves in that character's shoes.
0: But part of her character is that she's sort of numb. That too, yeah. And that's not a thankful, that's not a big Academy Award winning
1: sure thing like it, it's very yeah. flat we're not we're not and again we're not saying that every no actor when i say to, every actor needs to have like an al pacino screaming moment in a role to for it to be worthwhile we're just saying that there's a difference between the kind of acting needed for these two parts yes yeah. and uh, when I say flat, that's not an insult. Her acting no. is not flat. The character's uh, the, vibe is flat. The character is emotionally stunted, and that's part of the whole thing. And meanwhile, again,
0: like you said, Viola Davis is transforming. She is, uh, she, she is a is completely
1: different woman. Exactly. Yeah, uh, she is... And we've seen Viola Davis act before. We've seen she's been nominated and won awards in the past, and she's fantastic. And she's fantastic. This is something I've never seen her do. Like, I've no, never is... seen a character like this from her. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And it's... Uh, so I think it's going to go to Viola Davis. I I I, I think that uh, they both have an equal chance of winning the Oscar. I just think it should go to Viola Davis. The only reason I think it might go to Carrie Mulligan instead mm. of Viola Davis is that I think the Oscars... Another thing I think the Oscars might do is rather than making it an all-black Oscars, they might try and diversify the number of special interest groups that they support. And given that, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Promising Young Woman is a movie about a woman dealing with the fallout from a rape that Mm. was not uh, penalized because of trying to preserve the dignity of of a young white man. Yes. And... They would want to probably throw some accolades towards that, and I do not think, as much as she also deserves praise, I do not think the director of that movie is getting an award. Probably not. But for the movies that we watched, Best Actress. Best Actress from the movies that we watched, ooh, uh, let me see here. This is the one of the ones I did not prepare ahead of time. I think for this, I'm going to circle back around and and go back to me and my dick again and, and give this to Jamie Lynn Betty. Jamie Lynn Betty. Okay. Yeah. For from the lead of that play. It's goddamn
0: insane that I'm not a Starkid fan. Because <laughs> you know all their names. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? I, also, been- I'm older and do more substances than you. Well, I have ADHD, so. I'm sick of that excuse <laughs> for you not remembering things. Uh, it's the reason. But yeah. I would, again, I was thinking all of the movies we watched prior to this. Right. Which, granted, this episode is going to come out before the H- Horse Girl episode. Yes. But I think, I'm of a few minds here. Okay. Okay. Allison Bree for Horse Girl. Yeah.
1: If yeah. we're if we're pulling just from our pool, she was fantastic. She was utterly fantastic. Yeah, I forgot to to factor her in. Or now that you mentioned Seasons of Belief, the mom from that episode. Yeah. Because she
0: was also fantastic. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh so those would uh...
1: I think I, I think I have to go with, with uh Alison Brie. Brie, yeah, person. that was because we did talk about that that we would have nominated her in that episode. Actress in a supporting role,
0: right? Maria Bakalova for Borat subsequent movie film, mm-hmm. which I did not see. I did see because I have the and the older I get, the less I can tolerate like prank stuff. Got it. Even if the targets
1: deserve it. Okay, this I I will say this movie had. Far less pranking in it than the first one did. Okay, and the people who they pranked, the the and had far more range of reaction. There were people who he would prank, and they would genuinely show concern for him rather than oh, okay hating on him all the time or or revealing themselves to be bad people, which actually. That, that was what was cool about Borat's subsequent movie film. Not only was it funny, but it went all the way around the horn and came back to being, like, inspiring and beautiful. Gotcha. Yeah. Around the horn, like people had to do when during the Suez Canal
0: blockage. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all, all the cultural references today. If we make it to 100 episodes, mm-hmm. I think we should sail around the Horn of Africa.
1: <laughs> we'll
0: talk, talk about the African
1: Queen and sail around the Horn of Africa. I mean...
0: They didn't sail around the Horn of Africa in that movie. I've never seen that film. I barely know anything about it. But I know they didn't sail around the horn. I know. It's just about African boats. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, which right. is insane because I heard nothing good about that film.
1: <laughs> I've heard nothing about it other than it's another movie where Glenn Close wears a lot of makeup and does an accent. Neither of us saw Hillbilly Elegy. No, we did not. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried
0: for Mank, mm-hmm. and Yu Zhong Yoon for Minari. Mm. I
1: have seen none of these films. Right. So I have seen some of these films, and I will say that if there's any justice in the universe, which there is less than I would want, uh, I would want uh, Maria Bakalova to win this okay. award because she fucking killed it. She knocked it out of the park. Uh, she acted the pants off of not only herself, but uh, also Sasha Baron Cohen. There are moments where she's she is absolutely the star of that picture. Gotcha. On the other hand, I think Amanda Seyfried's going to win. Because I think that this is going to be the one concession that Hollywood makes towards uh, masturbation. Yeah. It, it's self-masturbation fantasies. And also because of the particular character she's playing... Are you okay? I just thought of the dumbest joke. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's so goddamn dumb (laughs) that to even, like, bring it up and then, like, there's no convenient execution for this joke. It's so clunky. Sure, okay. (laughs) Do you think the Academy uh, regretted not nominating the Tim Burton picture Big Eyes, and so now they're going to give the award to Amanda Seyfried for her Big Eyes? Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) That's so stupid. No, that was not my rationale. Oh, okay. My rationale was uh, that... It's um, a movie about Hollywood. It's a movie about Hollywood. And the greatest film ever made. And the greatest film ever made, Citizen Kane, at least according to Hollywood. Amanda Seyfried is playing a woman who was kind of, according to a lot of film critics, unfairly lampooned in Citizen Kane. Gotcha. And in this movie, she is given a much more respectful portrayal by Amanda Seyfried, a very good portrayal, but a much more respectful portrayal than Citizen Kane. According to my very limited research, the truth of this woman is actually somewhere between the two portrayals. Okay. Not quite as respectable and, and strong as Amanda Seyfried, but not quite as cartoonishly... Uh, bitchy as the character from uh, Citizen Kane. Gotcha. But I think that Hollywood will take this opportunity to pat itself on the back for writing the wrong of Citizen Kane, something that no one was actually complaining about. No. Yeah.
0: Although when we did that Seven Mile Unity March, mm-hmm. I did uh, see some signs that said, Justice for Amanda C. Freedom Bank. <laughs> And no, none of us understood it, because the no, film wasn't out the yet. The film wasn't even out but yet. But this person must have been, like, part of production. Everyone was giving that person weird looks. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is a mank? <laughs> Isn't that some sort of, like, a wild cat? Is that a cat? That's a manx. <laughs> you spelled it wrong. Uh... Again, not having seen any of these movies, yes. I'm going to say Olivia Coleman because she's mm-hmm.
1: always great. Olivia Coleman is always great, and I, part of me also wishes that she wins, because her speeches are always hilarious. Because yeah. she never prepares. And she always raps. And she, <laughs> and say she, she... says the N-word with a hard R,
0: <laughs> which is not
1: great but she's having so much fun (laughs) she's having so much fun no she's she never prepares for her speeches and she always trips over herself it's 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 adorable and very charming now best supporting actress in the movies we've seen in the in the movies that we have seen uh let's see here i'm going to give it to again can't remember the character's name but the supporting actress from martin Okay, The uh, w- which one? The, his cousin or the older lady? His cousin. Okay. I thought that she 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 had such a strong presence despite having so few scenes in that film. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to also choose from Martin. Okay. I'm going to choose Tom Savini. <laughs> He's not even an actress! As the priest. Oh, wait, no, he didn't play the priest. Yeah, he did. George Romero played the oh, priest. Oh, that's right. <laughs> That's how good George Romero was. I you thought he was Tom Savini. Tom Savini. What the fuck?
0: No, I'm going to give it to actually. This is I. I had thought of a few of these, uh, and I just randomly thrust this on you at like uh, ten o'clock this morning. But yeah, uh, this was a
1: very last minute addition to this episode. This
0: was one that I hadn't thought about a lot, uh-huh. but I think I'm also going to give it to Jamie Lynn Betty this time for. Uh, the, the guy, guy who didn't did, like musicals. Oh,
1: good choice. She was fantastic in that. She was. Jamie Lynn Betty is always good.
0: But uh, who... Uh, also, it'd be funny if Glenn Close won this, because I think everyone would
1: be very angry. <laughs> Glenn Close is always up for an Oscar for some role where she wore a lot of makeup and did an accent of some yeah. kind, and she will never win for any of them. Probably not. Not a single one of them. Glenn Close, but no cigar. <laughs> I guarantee you there's at least one Academy member who's made that joke every fucking year. I'm sure. To her face, and she avoids them like the plague the rest of the year. Also,
0: because they're the only uh, minority-nominated Yoo Yu Zhong yoon Yes. A very good chance.
1: Very good chance. Very good chance. Next animated feature film. Just one second. Since we're making all these comments, I want to be very clear. We are. N- I'm, I'm Joe Biden. I want to be clear. I want to be clear. Uh, we're not malarkey. Malarkey. My dog bites people. Malarkey. My dog bites people. Oh, my dad said I could never play the piano. That's why I became president. Uh, there's. We're saying a lot of stuff about like, oh, the 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 Oscars going to people because of uh, because of their race or their ethnicity. We are not saying that these actors do not deserve this. No, and we are not saying that Hollywood does not need more diversity. Absolutely, and not. and that in general, despite the cynicism behind these moves, these Oscars going to these people is not a very good thing. Yes, we All are. All we're saying is that the Oscars are cynical fucks. And they make decisions based on shit like this. And they play games. They play This is games. why the Oscars don't really
0: mean anything. Yeah. Because only certain types of movies get nominated for Oscars, as we are saying.
1: Right. Like, uh, absolutely not. Uh... We we just it, want to make because a lot of people will say the same things that we're saying, and what their intention of coming out of this is 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 making like talk about like fucking diversity hires and no. like why the character have to be Asian? Wouldn't isn't, wouldn't it be better if you were saying something about being Asian and all that sort of fucking bullshit? It is awesome when there is more diversity. Absolutely. Diversity is a strength. And frankly, I think we're all at least the two of us are a little bit tired of hearing about stories about white people all the yes. time. Uh, so great more of that please but it would be unrealistic for us not to take into account that the Oscars is full of shit and yes. these these are the kind of decisions they make exactly yeah but I just wanted to say that out loud in case anyone is going to say see these guys are saying what I've been saying all along we're not saying what you're saying Todd fuck off Todd yeah. we know who you are Todd I know a lot of low quality Todds yeah <laughs> it's
0: not a good name
1: it's not a good name not a lot of high quality Todd's out there no we lo- uh I love Todd in the shadows but that's about it okay I don't yeah. know the fella yeah uh,
0: best animated feature film right Disney's gonna win it of course <laughs> they always do Onward which we both saw and hated it was not good <laughs> except for two sequences except for
1: two sequences and like the character the actor's chemistry was pretty good I
0: guess yeah um <laughs> Over the Moon which I saw half of. Mm-hmm. Shaun the Sheep... A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, which
1: neither of us saw. No. Soul, which I saw. Yeah, I did not see it. And Wolf Walkers, which I also saw. I wanted to see it and ran out of time. I really want it to win because it looks awesome. I just watched a trailer earlier today and it looks amazing. I agree with you. It looks
0: fantastic. mm mm-hmm. um, the story did not do it as much for me, not as much. This is an animated feature by the same people who did the fucking fantastic The Secret of Kells. The Secret of Kells is fucking fantastic. For whatever reason, I found the story of a young monk boy and his book. It's been a while <laughs> since I've seen it. Uh, more compelling than Wolf Walkers, which is about fucking people turning into
1: wolves. Well, I mean, there's someone who can turn into foxes in Secret of Kells. True. So really Secret of Kells had the best of both worlds. If we are judging on the sole basis
0: of quality of animation and uh Wolf Walker's is not
1: CGI. Yes. Yeah. I think we both kind of have uh being millennials, or at least I'm a millennial. Are you a millennial? I don't know exactly when you were born. Technically, I'm a millennial. Okay. So being millennials, I think we we have this sort of feeling of like, man, remember when they used to make 2D animated shit? Yes. I wish we could bring that back. And uh, most of Hollywood does not agree with us. They don't no. g- give a shit about that. So I, I feel like we both kind of lean towards the 2D animated properties yes. whenever they come up. But uh, it's a gorgeous looking movie. Mm-hmm. It should win.
0: Soul will win.
1: Soul and will win. Soul
0: is not a bad movie. Okay. Uh, Soul is very ambitious for Pixar or Disney or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, it's much better than Onward. Good. Has a much better heart, and this being the potential year of the Black Oscars, this is the first Pixar feature with a black lead. Uh, great, great. So uh, it's going to go to Soul. It's going to go to Soul. It, There's it's... no question of it if, no. it's going to anything
1: else. And Soul's worth watching. Okay, uh, it's good. I so people have been telling me it's the one of the best movies Pixar's ever made. Uh, and then one other person said it well, was a completely overhyped piece of shit. So I don't know. I don't know. And then you you seem to be very middle of the road on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's good for a Pixar film.
0: Sure. It's not as good as Cars 2. Because <laughs> Michael Caine isn't in it. No, Michael Caine isn't in it. And yeah. it doesn't... <sighs> Mater has such pathos. Mm-hmm. Mater is he's like a greek tragedy of a character i was going to say he seems to be the encapsulation of the gnostic christianity uh that was known in the days after jesus's passing oh i see Um, okay really most stories and that's a detective story i believe cars 2 it's a spy story yeah Uh, so it's a quest for knowledge it is yes uh, Soul's going to win it. Soul's fine. Uh, <laughs> Tina Fey's great in it. I'm
1: surprised she didn't get like uh, any nod for her voice acting. Uh, they, they, and Jamie no, Foxx is also great. They have no respect for voice acting no. in fucking Hollywood. They don't think it's a real job, which it absolutely is, and it should have its own category. And best animated feature for us would obviously
0: be Violence Voyager. Violence Voyager. We've only had the one. Yep.
1: We, we need to uh, do more animated features on this show. Definitely. Because there are some great, weird, fucking... Man, we gotta we gotta do Fritz the Cat. We gotta do fucking Fritz the
0: Cat. Fritz the Cat. There's so much anime we have to do. Yep, 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 um, yep. All right, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah. Yep. Mank. Yep. News of the World, yep. which neither of us saw. Mm-hmm. Nomad Land mm-hmm. and Trial of the Chicago Seven. Right.
1: So, have we haven't seen most of these? No. Uh, out of the ones that I have seen. I guess I would give it to... I don't remember looking at any of these and being like, wow, the camera work is really amazing. No,
0: I would actually... Surprise, Promising Young Woman isn't on here. Yeah. I enjoyed the cinematography in that more than... I loved everything about Judas and the Black Messiah. Right. But I was never like... That's some damn
1: fine camera work. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess out of the ones that are on there, I guess I would give it to Judas and the Black Messiah. I suppose. Because I love Juice and the Black Messiah. And I just don't want Trial of the Chicago 7 to win anything. Yeah, no, no, nothing for that piece of shit. But I think, given what little I have seen of the other movies, I think it's more likely to go to Nomadland. Because I just from the trailer mm. there appear to be a lot of shots of like landscapes yeah which are very pretty they got that
0: gray thing going on right yeah yeah. i think you're right
1: i think that that's what the academy is going to lean towards but again haven't seen it that's just my prediction uh do you have a cinematography pick for our movies i did where is that because i
0: don't you do- <laughs> and it's not like i just didn't think about it like i was just like
1: uh, i'll give it to fucking tracks uh give it to fucking tracks uh tracks didn't take any awards with me uh, okay <laughs> fair uh i think i'm going to give it uh to horse girl again okay i think that the 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 cinematography in that movie and the uh the transitions yes i'll give things, it to uh horse girl as well was very good the transitions are now that i think about it probably more accurately described as editing yes but i'm a big big dumb dumb head who just talks and things come out of my mouth so uh yeah that's where i'm going with for that costume design emma which neither of us saw right but we saw the the posters and the trailers and yes man the costumes look pretty they do
0: yeah ma rainey's black bottom which we saw uh mank mulan which i saw part of (laughs) and then gave up and then gave up (laughs) I was going to go back to it but I didn't yeah and Pinocchio which I was going to watch and then couldn't bring myself now I think it's either going to go to Emma or Ma Rainey yeah I think those are the sorry I think those are the only two realistic choices and just because it's the only one we saw I would give it to Ma Rainey because that looks
1: fucking great I would absolutely give it to Ma Rainey for both this and uh, we'll get to it later but for makeup and hair uh, again, they fucking killed it, especially on Viola Davis, uh, but also but oh, for yeah. all the other characters as well. They fucking nailed it. Chadwick Boseman, yeah, has a dinosaur costume that
0: just—he sings Jonathan Richman's "I'm mm-hmm. a Little Dinosaur," right? And he does a sh- soft shoe routine, <laughs> and so <laughs> laden with irony and yeah. just. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. You are convinced he's a real dinosaur <laughs> with a person's face coming out of his neck.
1: We should have mentioned Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was directed by Terry Gilliam. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely think it should win. I have a sneaking suspicion that Emma's going to win instead because Prophecy. it seems prettier. Yeah. But I, I've never understood why and and where the awards for makeup and costume design from the Oscars go to. They always go to very yeah. weird choices. The only time I've ever agreed with it is when they gave the award to the costume designer for Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. And that also made me very happy because the woman came up on stage wearing a leather jacket that said Fury Road on the back. Oh, fun. Was, That's
0: the movie she worked
1: on. Which is fucking great. But yeah, I, I I don't understand how that department works. Uh, do you have any thoughts about best costume design in our movies? <laughs> <laughs> because I do not. Best costume design in our movies. Shit. Um, you
0: know what? I'm going to give it to Joe versus the volcano.
1: Yes, for I. The, I uh, agree with you for the Islanders. For the for for the Islanders and also just all the uh, all the special uh, outfits, the grayscale in yes. the in the. Uh, In the office at the beginning, all the different uh, clothes that he wears, the hat. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) All right. right, Next up, we have directing.
0: Yes. Uh, Another Round by Thomas Vinterberg, which I saw. Mank by David Fincher. Mm -hmm. Minari, Lee Isaac Chung. Nomadland, Chloe Zhao. Uh, And Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell. All right. Now, uh, I have seen two of these. Oh, yeah. And I have seen two of them. I loved Another Round. I'll talk about it more when we talk about international features. Sure. But I would love to give it to Another Round. Of course. If I weren't going to give it to Another Round, I would be happy to see it go to Emerald Fennel. Absolutely. She is fantastic. But I think this is where they're going to give it to David Fincher and Mank. I
1: completely agree. I, yes. I think we're of one mind here. I think that, again, I, I did not see Another Round. No. I believe you that it's great. Uh promising young woman is amazing and Absolutely. emerald fennel deserves uh praise i would probably but, give it to
0: emerald fennel over thomas vinterberg okay uh and that could just be again the language barrier like the sure. acting in another round especially by my boy mads Mikkelsen. your boy yes uh
1: is great but it's hard to judge like
0: it's hard it's, to judge. The language like, barrier yeah.
1: does make it difficult for us stupid Americans to judge. But here's where they're going to celebrate Mank. This is where they're going to celebrate Mank. If they, if even if they didn't celebrate her, uh, Amanda Seaford, they will celebrate David Fincher here because they fucking love David Fincher. And
0: David Fincher's, I enjoy many a David Fincher film. Sure, he's made some great ones. He is a meticulous yep. filmmaker. Yep. And it sometimes leads to a very sterile feeling. It often deals to a very intentionally sterile feeling movie. And that is the sort of artistry that the Academy loves. Yes. And especially since it's celebrating the greatest film ever made, I think David Fincher is going to take this
1: home. And it's in black and white, which the Hollywood system loves. They love celebrating their own history. Yes. Ergo, the artist winning Best Picture that one time. Or did it win Best Picture? I feel like it did. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah one, one Best Picture that one time. Uh, yeah, no, there. it's going to David Fincher. There's no question. Do you have a feeling about uh, Best Director for our movies? Uh, best Director for our movies, again, I would give to George Romero for Martin, personally.
0: I would agree with that. Again, I love Deerskin so much that it would be so easy <laughs> for me to just say, <laughs> Deerskin. And yeah. I love Quentin de Right. Uh, and again, he helped... He, uh, Jean Dujardin is so good that his acting overcame that language barrier, so Mm -hmm. Compton de Pew must have had something to do with that, although Mm -hmm. Jean Dujardin is incredible in everything I've seen him in. Yes. Next up, documentary feature, which you haven't seen any of. I haven't seen any of these documentary features. Uh, We have Collective, which I really wanted to watch, Mm -hmm. but I was having a tough mental health week, (laughs) and this is a movie about people who died in a club fire. and the uh ongoing investigation into corruption in the government i was like this seems a little heavy yeah uh crip camp which Uh i saw sure the mole agent which i saw Mm -hmm. my octopus teacher which i did not watch but i know you hate on principle i
1: fucking hate that movie that's a piece of shit and if it wins an award i will be very put out and time which i did not watch Mm -hmm. now uh Both
0: Crip Camp and The Mole Agent are worth watching. Great. They're both very uplifting, feel-good movies. Good. Time, I did not watch, but it is about a black family. If Ah. we are going with the black Oscars, that has a very good chance. Okay. Collective also has a very good chance. It's four, and it deals with corruption and government, but not our government. Mm. Uh, Interesting. So that has a chance. I think it's going to go to Crip Camp. Crip Camp is a documentary about this... Uh, summer camp in the late '60s, early '70s for disabled kids, mm-hmm. and what a lot of those, ki- what some of those kids went on to do with the fight for the rights of handicapped people. That's awesome. It's great. It's a, it's a
1: wonderful film, and, and you always you you've always since I've known you have had like a real heart for the uh, the handicap community and, yes, and absolutely and supporting them so
0: and this is. It's a very conventional documentary. It doesn't do anything amazing with the genre, mm-hmm. but this is a very feel good. It's very accessible. Yeah, uh, collective. You have to overcome the subtitles. Right. Um, the mole agent. It's about an old man who is sent to sort of infiltrate a retirement home mm-hmm. on the behest of a private investigator because his client is worried about her mother, mm-hmm. and it, it's very feel good too. But it's uh, I believe it's Chilean. Okay. So again, you have the subtitles. It's sure. a bit too sweet.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Crip Camp has again; it's about the fight against injustice. Right. So I think that's going to take it. I it, from you make a good argument, and again, I haven't seen any of them. So I think next we're going up, straight to international international feature. Uh, another round,
0: which I saw. Yes. Better days, and that's from Denmark. Mm-hmm. Better days from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Collective from uh, Romania. The Man Who Sold a Skin, Tunisia, Mm -hmm. and Quo Vadis Aida from Bosnia and Herzegovina. So, I've only seen Another Round. This is another reason why I wanted to see Collective, because Mm -hmm. it does double duty. Right. The Man Who Sold a Skin sounds very interesting. I think that's a documentary as well. I believe it's about a man who is, in order to do something, Okay. He agrees to have his skin tattooed as part of like a sideshow, I think. Interesting. Okay. But I did see another round. Yes. I don't know that, and I fucking loved it. Yes. It's one of the hardest barriers to overcome with foreign movies is comedy. Like, Mm -hmm. you can get the drama across a lot easier than comedy. Sure. I laughed out loud during this movie several times. That's amazing. And granted, it's a story about four middle-aged high school teachers Mm -hmm. who do a social experiment where they will try to permanently maintain a .05 blood alcohol level. (laughs) So it's a lot of drunk acting, which is very easy to get across. It's very funny. Yes. But it's also... This is such a unique film. I'm a drinker. Yes. It gets me into trouble at times. Sure. Sure. But I have come to a place where I feel like I have a healthy relationship with it. Sure. You do not see a lot of drinking movies that highlight the good things in an adult way. There are usually two mm. kinds of drinking movies. Yes. There's very heavy drinking as bad movies, like Leaving Las Vegas. Right. Or there's very juvenile movies, like, say, Animal House or Beer Fest or stuff like sure, that. Sure,
1: where the, the drinking is more of an excuse so that stupid things can yes. happen.
0: Mm-hmm. This is a movie about, hey... Sometimes you get drunk and have a pretty good time. Sure. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it does deal with some of the heavier aspects of drinking. Those are probably the weakest parts of the movie. Okay. But I would love for this to win Best International International Feature. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's heavy enough to do it. Gotcha. Okay. But I could not handicap the rest of them because I don't know. Right. So I would say probably Collective just based on what I know of it. Sure. Or The Man Who Sold His Skin. Do you want to take a moment to talk about your boy? Uh, Oh, Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is one of the stars of Another Round. Mm -hmm. It's an ensemble piece, but it mostly follows him. And I fucking love Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. If there was anybody who I would allow to suckle at my (laughs) teeth, it would be Mads Mikkelsen. Really? I don't know why he would want to, (laughs) but if we ever met, yeah, and he was like, and he was interested, and he was like, "I feel I can trust you." Yeah, I need to suckle at a teat.
1: <laughs> I would be like, "I got you." <laughs> is it fair to say he's your favorite actor, or is that too far? He's one of my
0: favorite actors. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite actor will always be Harry Dean Stanton. That's fair because of Repo Man. If nothing else, though, right. he's amazing in everything. Mads Mikkelsen is a close second. For makeup and hairstyling, you think Ma Rainey will take it. I think so. We're not going to get in-depth into
1: this one. Yeah, we'll just skip over that. As well as music and original score. I would say probably Soul. I think there's no question about it. I think Soul's going to win it. I think John Batiste is exactly the kind of person the Oscars want to prop up in front of... uh, there uh, in front of them although apparently Trent Reznor was a part of this as well. He was also a part of it. Yeah. Weird. He also did the score for Mank, I think. Well, Trent Reznor is all over the Oscars this year. Well,
0: David Fincher and Trent Reznor yeah, are like that. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. Music original song. I don't think any of us have a uh, strong opinion about this but we're pretty sure that Eurovision isn't going to win I yeah because we both saw that pretty
1: damn sure we both made the mistake of watching that movie I
0: wouldn't call it a mistake it wasn't a good movie but I don't well I did get to
1: see Dan Stevens playing a gay Russian and that that has changed my life for the better. And there are some catchy songs in this. There are some okay songs, uh, but uh, one of them that's not okay, it, is... not that great, is the one that's nominated. I thought it was fine. I th- I thought it was it's, fine. It's for okay. A comedy movie. It's okay, but I've forgotten it immediately. It's not. It's not Oscars good. No, it's not. It's not award worthy.
0: But they were clearly scraping at the bottom of the barrel. They were if they're going for, for a Netflix Will Ferrell comedy.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Uh... we're gonna talk about oscar snubs in a bit but i will just say right now doja cat's boss bitch should have been nominated from birds of prey (laughs) since i already talked about birds of prey at the top of the show i'll take any excuse to sing that movie's praises next the big show
0: best picture the best picture we have the father Mm -hmm. we have judas and the black messiah Mm -hmm. mank Mm-hmm. Minari, mm-hmm. Nomadland, mm-hmm. Promising Young Woman, mm-hmm. Sound of Metal, mm-hmm. and Trial of the Chicago 7. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get into in-depth discussions of these films, right?
1: who should win, who will win? Should win, I think Judas and the Black Messiah, no question. Okay. I think that that is uh, one of the best movies I saw from last year. Yes. Uh, there are definitely, like Promising Young Woman it holds a strong second place for me. But I think that Minari will win. Okay. Yeah. I am going to agree with you that Judas and the Black
0: Messiah should win, mm-hmm. and I am certain that it will win. Okay. The only other competition would be Mank. Okay. I, I, think, I think in the Oscars' mind, mm-hmm. oh, Parasite, we already did this.
1: You're very right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we already gave it to the Asians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This was made by the same guy, right?
0: Yeah, they all look alike to me. No, it, it's it's going to go to Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, man. Uh, let, let's talk about... Is there anything you want to say about Judas and the Black Messiah?
1: I just... Uh, I think that everybody needs to watch it. I think that if if there's... I think that it's a movie that needed to be made. Mm-hmm. It was made by the people who needed to make it. Yes. People who were directly connected to the Black Panther Party in real life. I think that the actors uh, did an amazing job. There's, I've never seen a movie about this time in history that has made me, that has gotten me so pumped up. Yes, as Judas and the Black Messiah. This is like a real. This is a movie about a real life fucking superhero. Yeah, uh, and it feels like it, but apparently at the same time, does not change a whole bunch of shit. No. From what little research we've been able to do, it seems like a lot of what happens in this movie actually really fucking happens. Exactly. They they present the actual message of the Black Panthers, which has been sadly mostly ignored yeah. by Hollywood and the mainstream media. The Black Panthers were a bunch of fucking badasses, and the government were fucking scared of them. And so they, they uh, did a big press campaign... To, to make them look like monsters in the public eye. Yeah. And this movie covers that and shows Fred Hampton as the fucking hero that he was. And I think that more people... We went to see it in our little small town in rural Pennsylvania. Yep. And we were the only ones in the fucking theater.
0: We are not rural Pennsylvania. We are a uh, suburban, suburban...
1: Suburban Pennsylvania. Urban, suburban... Ur- Sub suburban uh Pennsylvania, and we were the only ones in the theater because, of course, nobody around here wants to see that. Also, pandemic. Also, pandemic. That's true. Kong wasn't fighting Godzilla, so nobody wanted no. to so wanted to watch it. If you have the chance, rent this movie. Watch this movie. It is genuinely good for your soul. Absolutely. To watch this fucking movie. I think it is. Uh, I think it's an experience more people have to have.
0: I agree with you. This is a very important movie. It's yeah. it's wonderfully made, wonderfully acted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: and this is it's not uh, a happy story. When I say good for your soul, I don't mean like chicken soup. I mean no. like this is this is some. You mean like chicken poop? I, <laughs> I mean like this is some green vegetables that aren't going to taste good going down, but your heart needs them. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know
0: much about the Black Panthers, and this movie really shone a light on what they actually stood for,
1: yeah. and... Which is not at all what you probably think, if your only introduction to them was their cameo in uh, fucking uh, Forrest Gump.
0: Yeah. Uh, so this was... Yeah, this is an important film. It definitely needs to be seen. It was made with the full particip- participation of Fred Hampton's family. Yes. Uh, Apparently his... they were very
1: involved.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I believe his son was on set every day, yeah. which, grand, his son never knew him because Fred Hampton, unfortunately, was killed. Spoiler alert for history. <laughs> Before he was
1: born. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about Mank? Mank is potentially the most overrated movie of the year, uh, at least from the amount of Oscar nominations it's getting. I'm sorry, a movie about Citizen Kane is overrated? Yes. <laughs> It was written by uh David Fincher's father and apparently he felt the Dadvid need to David Fincher da- Dad Vid Fincher <laughs> and he felt the need to make it after his father passed which you know I guess that's good for you but like uh
0: <laughs> I don't know why but I just I just imagined uh Henry Jones Sr. uh-huh looking at his son Indiana <laughs> Yeah, and saying, Son, you need to make my movie
1: about Citizen Kane. (laughs) I like the idea of Sean Connery being David Fincher's dad. (laughs) The timelines line up. He did pass away last year. (laughs) I mean, have you ever seen him in the same room? I haven't. I haven't. But then again, I've never seen David Fincher's dad. Well... (laughs) I mean, that's for the purposes—that's why, purposes, why I think his name is David Fincher.
0: <laughs> for the purposes of this bit, yeah. that would also mean that Henry Jones Sr. is David Fincher's dad, yeah. the fictional character, yeah. who was an old man during World War
1: II, right? And well, he did drink from the uh, the, Holy Fal- Grail. the Holy Grail. Holy Grail, yeah yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's possible, and David Fincher is really Harrison Ford, and yeah. those movies, the India Jones movies were secretly a chronicle of David Fincher's life before becoming a director. Let me ask you. okay, Have you ever seen a snake in a David Fincher movie? <laughs> no, I have not. I have not. We've cracked this case wide open. The defense rests. The defense rests, <laughs> the defense rests Your Honor. So uh, Mank is a out of sequence film about the screenwriter whose nickname was Mank, who wrote Citizen Kane who at the time that he wrote it was on the Outs from Hollywood after pissing off Hearst. Yeah, William Randolph Hearst. William Randolph Hearst is the best part of the movie as he is played by one of my favorite actors of all time, Charles... Peter Cushing. That's my favorite actor of all time. One one of my favorite actors of all time is an ever-growing list of character actors. Uh, But in this case, I mean Charles Dance uh, who... I will always remember for saying the line, Hello, I've just killed someone and I did it on purpose from Last Action Hero. One of the best (laughs) lines ever spoken in a film. Uh, But anyway, uh, he plays William Randolph Hearst perfectly. Gary Oldman does a fine job of playing Mank. Amanda Seyfried deserved to be nominated for her performance. She did a fantastic job. However, this movie is just a long series of sucking Hollywood's cock. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If Mank
0: had been the Pokemon Mankey... okay, better film, yes, okay, absolutely. Especially if
1: Gary Oldman was still playing him.
0: Especially if Gary Oldman evolved into a prime ape. <laughs> that was just the, boxing motherfuckers. That would
1: be the ending of the movie. Is that he finally he finally evolves into it, a prime ape? I might be wrong. Okay, it's been a long time. Sure, but I think. No, I think I'm wrong. Never mind. Okay. Okay. Bit aborted. I will just say. I will just say Mank tries really hard but in the end of the film i felt absolutely nothing yes and that is probably the worst sin a movie can commit for my for my money is to have absolutely no effect on me whatsoever yeah
0: pretty much yeah um mm-hmm. next up uh the ones we've seen promising young woman now i think any other year yes promising young woman would not be in this list I completely agree with you. It is not your normal Oscar fare. No. It is... It's way too fun. It is... That's a word for the movie that I don't know necessarily (laughs) I agree with. It's
1: uncomfortable, but like, man... It looks visually gorgeous. It's gorgeous, it's it's colorful, which the Oscars do not like. It has character. It has character, it has personality. There's a moment at the end when our character is going into the climax of the movie when an orchestral version of Toxic by Britney Spears starts playing. And it is one of my favorite, if I could give an Oscar for the best moment in film... Of 2020, that would win it. Gotcha. (laughs) Uh, The fucking orchestral version of Toxic. Holy fuck. But unfortunately, because Promising Young Woman
0: is so out of the norm for the Oscars, yeah. it has no chance. It's
1: like, you know, and, it has no chance. And granted... Promising Young Woman, I would describe as more palatable I spit on your grave. Yes. <laughs> it's a feminist I spit on your grave. It's Yeah, it's a fantasy I spit on your grave. Exactly. But it's still... Honestly, it somehow... I guess this is kind of a spoiler. has a darker ending than I spit on your grave. I suppose.
0: I've never seen the film.
1: Yeah, but I spit on your grave like... It starts way grimmer than uh, Promising Young Woman, but it ends with a much more fantasy style Hollywood ending. This movie is. We're doing good. Yeah, this movie is way dark, has a way darker conclusion than that movie. And this
0: is this movie has a fantastic
1: cast, has mm-hmm. a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emerald Fennel hit it out of the park. Absolutely. Uh, but we should mention both Judas and the Black Messiah and this first-time films
0: absolutely for
1: these directors and i want these two directors to direct everything oh i'm excited i'm everything excited going emerald fennel is writing as a tana movie which is a dc fan makes my heart skip a beat i'm i wish she was doing
0: more of her own thing sure yeah I agree. but if hey do one for you do one for them do one for you that's what they that's what they say sound of metal uh we had a difference of opinion on Sound of Metal is a fine film. It's a fine film. The acting is great. The story is fine. Yes. The sound design is fantastic. Yep. It just... I've seen this movie before. I've seen okay. this movie before, and this was not an execution that rose above
1: playing the variations. Okay. It, it's, Can you it's, give examples of, the, of other versions of this movie you've seen, or is it just sort of a general vibe that you're getting? Sort okay. of a general vibe, but okay. let's say like Ray.
0: Let's say, like. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, let's say uh, any movie where suddenly somebody has to learn to overcome a disability.
1: Okay. Which there are a lot of. Okay. I feel. I have not seen as many movies like this personally, and I had never seen a movie about being deaf from the perspective of the deaf person before. Yes. And this movie, admittedly. Kind of like when I was arguing for Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, this movie meant more to me on a personal level than it did to you because I personally, one of my greatest fears is being deaf. Yes. I am terrified of that because music and sound mean a lot to me. Every
0: Halloween mm-hmm. I make a personal haunted house for you. Right. Where I just put earmuffs
1: on you yeah.
0: and shove you into a closet.
1: Right. And yeah, it's it's actually it's actually not fun for yeah. me and I've been meaning to talk to you about it. And
0: that. there's there's a letter inside the closet that says I'm playing music outside. <laughs> I'm not actually playing music. Oh,
1: are you not? No. This is the first time you've told me.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I honestly thought a, you were playing music. This the whole time. no. Yeah. But uh, it was just to simulate you being deaf. Oh, I see. Okay, okay.
1: Well, you know, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> and, and also, uh, I'm not coming over to your place for Halloween anymore.
0: Well, <laughs> what am I going to do with all these earmuffs? Every year I give you a new pair at Halloween.
1: You know what? I always I always want to quit your Halloween parties, but then I keep coming back because of these damn earmuffs. I've ordered They're earmuffs. so stylish and sexy.
0: I've ordered earmuffs for the next 50 years. <laughs> I guess and now you're telling me you don't want to participate in my psychological torture? <laughs> no,
1: sir. Fuck you. <laughs> well, show me a picture of the earmuffs. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. Oh man, they're sexy. They're sexy. Oh boy, I, uh, I might have to come. But anyway, uh, oh, and I might have to come. But anyway, uh, the yeah. So Sound of Metal for me actually brought me through the emotional journey of the character and brought me to a place where I was like. Yeah, maybe being deaf deaf is not that scary. Uh, and that was why it meant more to me than it meant to you, probably.
0: Well, I'm glad that the millions of deaf people mm-hmm. functioning in daily life mm-hmm. was not inspirational enough for you <laughs> to no. overcome your fear of being deaf. You yeah. need to see this fictionalized
1: version where Riz Ahmed pretends to be deaf. And then you're like, oh, it's going to be okay. I thought, I, I did see that there are plenty of people functioning deaf, and I'm always inspired by those people, and I'm, I'm happy always. for them. Yes, what about on Christmas? <laughs> Even on Christmas, if I see them, I am inspired by them. My, Why are you going looking at deaf people on Christmas? My issue with it was not that I thought that there was something wrong with them. I thought that it was something that I personally could could not handle and seeing and it once go you saw there, Riz Ahmed pretend
0: to handle it
1: <laughs> yes okay you felt safe yes I felt safe
0: and in Riz Ahmed's were, muscular arms you were uh nestled into the
1: bosom of Jordan
0: <laughs> sure
1: sure at least I I decided that if I ever do go deaf I'm not getting implants because the movie made it, that seem like a fucking horror show do you think
0: this whole movie <laughs> was propaganda by the sign language community <laughs> to, like, make implants look bad. Uh, uh, sure. Let's go with
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always scheming those deafos. Always. The deaf people are like, man, how come we're not fetishized the way blind people are in movies? Yeah. We should make our own Hollywood movie where we have a sexy drummer boy who's our, who's our deaf man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's
0: briefly talk about The Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah, now, fuck that movie. Now, <laughs> when I first saw this, I I grew up reading a lot of 60s, 70s nonfiction literature. Sure. I had heard about the '68 Democratic Convention. Uh-huh. I knew it was bad. Right. I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know about the fallout. But I had a general idea. Right. I knew I, who Abby
1: Hoffman was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know the rest. I had a vague idea of what it was as well, mostly from watching a YouTube video before the movie came out from Legal Eagle, which which talked about it. So I more recently found out about it. But yeah, I I went into it with a similar amount of non-information.
0: And when I watched this movie, Mm -hmm. I loved it. Because it's all about standing up to the man. It's all about uh, working against the system. It's all about uh, progressive politics, which I'll get into a little bit. We'll get
1: into it later. Um, it voted for Joe Biden, and it liked it. Yep. <laughs> it's 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 a fucking rousing story. It feels like that.
0: But then, the more I looked into it, the more I realized that everything, almost everything in that movie is fabricated. Yeah. They and, changed everything to make it more palatable to white people. Yes. And yeah. it's a very fucking compelling movie. And the most compelling and tense part of that movie ended mm-hmm. up being oh, where there's a recreation of the 68 convention where the protesters charge a hill
1: never fucking happened never fucking great happened. filmmaking entire bullshit entire bullshit a moment made up by the screenwriter aaron sorkin so that it would look like there were bad people on both sides yeah we don't need to get too far into that yeah. do we uh, I, I
0: i have talked a lot to billy about the problems with The Trial
1: of the Chicago 7 in the past few weeks. Uh, we recommend um, that you go on Amazon Prime after you're done listening to this and you look up a movie called The Trial of the Chicago 8. Conspiracy, The Trial of the Chicago 8. Yes, which is an older movie based on the same events that sticks far closer yes, to the real events, it's which all, are way stranger than fiction. Which are
0: way stranger than fiction, mm-hmm. which are much more moving in their truth. Yes. Um... And it's a shame because the Trial of Chicago 7 I enjoyed that movie. The yeah. acting is fantastic. It's a the well-made cinematography movie. film. The cinematography is fine. Yeah. <clears throat> I fucking has one of my favorite character actors, John Carroll Lynch
1: as Dave Dellinger. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just the problem that it's all horse shit. It's all horse shit. It's absolutely horse shit. And you can and uh, I, this won't be for a lot of people because I know that Aaron Sorkin is a very popular writer. I can't stand his writing. To me, it is so... It's like when an auteur director is... Directing is so loud. Yeah. It's the same thing where, where the screenwriting is so loud, I can't hear the acting. And so, even even with the little bit that I knew, I knew a little bit more than you did, again, because Legal Legal went into it in the video that I'd watched. So I knew that they were erasing a lot of stuff, important things that had happened. They were skipping over shit. And I knew that you could just tell, at least I could tell, that uh, Aaron Sorkin's writing was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But when the best parts of the movie, and this is why Brad is the only one of us who's actually seen Trial of Chicago 8. I haven't, but I'm, I'm going to watch it probably very soon after this. Trial of Chicago 8 sticks to the actual things that they said in real life. They stick to the transcript of the court trial and any time the movie used some of the court trial dialogue it's in the court's transcript dialogue like things that the judge actually said things that the witnesses actually said in the court in in the courtroom i was that was so much better the real things that these people said were so much more powerful and so much more interesting to me than anything aaron sorkin could make up and that's why for my money the best actor in the movie was Frank Langella, not because not everyone else was give, doing a good job. Everyone was doing a great job. But I, could, I couldn't could tell because all I could hear was Aaron Sorkin. So Frank Langella had the most lines that were actually said in real life, and therefore I could tell he was acting.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's, and just to, again, I could talk for fucking hours about my problems with the uh, Trial of the Chicago yeah, 7. yep. But one of the biggest problems and one of the reasons why any other year this would be prime Oscar bait Mm -hmm. is because this is a movie about people who believed in progressive politics. Yeah. Not just ending the war in Vietnam, which is the main focus of not just Trial of the the Chicago 7, but also Conspiracy Trial of the Chicago 8. Right. Uh, Because that's what they were protesting. That's what they were protesting. Yes. But, all these people also believed in much firmer pro- progressive politics. Yeah, they
1: they were much farther to the left than Aaron Sorkin is.
0: Yes. Yeah. And that is significantly downplayed in Trial of the Chicago 7.
1: Yeah. In fact, the the, the most left-wing one of them, Sasha Baron Cohen's yes. character is made out to be Almost an, an antagonist. Oh, he's to the rest a fucking of the group. clown. Yeah. And granted,
0: Abby Hoffman was a clown. Yes. But he had legitimate beliefs. He was right. he fighting was, for something. He
1: was more of the kind of clown Sasha Baron Cohen is in real life. Yes. Much less of the kind of clown he plays in this movie. It's. I, I, I could
0: fucking yeah, talk we, forever We could about literally
1: it. talk forever about this fucking piece. I of will shit. just
0: say one other thing about it. Yeah. One of the most interesting parts of this trial is the
1: tribulation of bobby seal oh fuck yes which is almost entirely skipped over in this movie they feature it they feature it but it's one
0: uh heavily fictionalized because in this movie he's portrayed being given counsel by fred hampton yeah never fucking happened never fucking happened Uh, yeah fred
1: hampton is in this movie and i feel very bad for the actor who had to play fred hampton in a movie that is now being Intentionally compared with Judas and the Black Messiah, where one of the greatest performances of the year was an actor playing Fred Hampton. It's not fair to that act, yes. the, to that supporting actor. But um, very briefly, Bobby Seale was
0: the only black member of these men who were put on trial. Yes. And he, he was, was not
1: actually with them. As he, he was he pointed out multiple times. He
0: was in Chicago for, I believe, about two hours, they say. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he is was repeatedly denied his legal counsel yep. and denied the right to represent himself. Mm-hmm. And he was bound and gagged for three days. In the movie, it's more like three seconds. It's one day, and there's a whole bunch of bullshit. Like They play violins, <sighs> the sad violin music. A, here's all you need to know about the trial of the Chicago 7. Mm-hmm. Aaron Sorkin invents a sympathetic member of the prosecution in order to be like, sometimes the establishment's good, right,
1: guys? Yeah, they cast Joseph Gordon-Levitt as like a sympathetic member of the prosecution team to stand up for the rights of the defense attorneys and stuff. Like, It's, it's such horseshit. Yeah, it's they sh- they terrible. They have loving scenes between him and his family and how everything's going well. Uh, yeah. Alright, uh, production design. Mm-hmm. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or Mank? The only
0: two we've seen. Uh, I, Ma Rainey should win, Mank will win. I think Ma Rainey should and will. Okay. I, I don't think they're going to give that much to Mank. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about one of the most significant snubs, I believe, for the Oscars a little bit later in our snub
1: section. For sure. Sound, sound of Metal should win. Sound of Metal definitely should win. Given that it's all about fucking sound. And this one, I didn't write a should win and will win segment. I did a will win, Sound of Metal, and a it would be funny if... Mank would win, because Mank has one of the worst sound design decisions of any movie I I have seen in years. Mank was designed to be seen in a theater. David Fincher is one of those Hollywood directors who's like, my movies deserve to be seen in an auditorium. So he designed the audio to sound like you're sitting in an old-timey theater. So the audio is both... shitty like an old-timey theater speakers would be and also he puts in an echo effect so everything sounds like it's echoing off the walls of an old movie theater it would it would be great yeah, it wouldn't make
0: sense because it's not the time period of Citizen Kane. Right, but it would be great if he went really old school and all the sound was <laughs> just plinky piano. <laughs>
1: <moments> Apparently, old movies to you are 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 are, <laughs> are, They're are all silent films. Are, 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 are Jizz Whaler music from the Star Wars universe. <laughs> the fuck is a jizz whaler that's a that's the that style of musician that the uh the musicians are in star wars jizz whalers oh that's right they do call it jizz they called called jizz and, they're oh, j- and a, a musician who plays jizz is a jizz whaler <laughs> but anyway uh but yeah <sighs> so I I, I I would <laughs> I would think it was really funny if Mank walked home with that award. But Sound of Metal is going to win. Sound of Metal is going to and should win.
0: Visual effects. The only one I've seen out of this all the way through is Love and Monsters, Mm -hmm. which is a very fun action-adventure film. Sure. uh, Very much like Zombieland. It's definitely worth checking out. It's Mm -hmm. not going to rock your world, but it's fun. Michael Rooker's in it. He's always fantastic. We love Michael Rooker here. Um Oh,
1: and uh, Jessica Henwick, the best part of the Iron Fist series, is in it. Oh, fun. I would say uh, the only one that I would think would might be a contender for that is, again, a movie I have not seen. Uh, Tenet, I know, yeah. is very, uh, not very popular, but it is very no. interesting to look at, from what okay. I understand. Okay.
0: Uh, I wish we had gone to see that in the theaters before it had to run out. So do I. I don't think we would have enjoyed it. No. But I just sort of wanted to have seen it.
1: But apparently, like, the stunt actors learn to fight backwards for the film, and I do kind of want to support that because that sounds like a big stunt. That sounds like David Lynch is doing a fight scene. <laughs> In the Black Lodge, like oh my god, can everyone you, fights backwards in the Black Lodge. Can you imagine if if David Lynch finally gave in and decided to make a kung fu movie? If he finally gave in, finally after... gave in. At, the Shaw Brothers have
0: been pestering David Lynch since Eraserhead. No, because to... back
1: in Dune, he didn't. He changed the the thing from from. Uh, from a fighting uh, technique to a special kind of sonic gun because he didn't want to direct a martial arts movie oh okay Uh, so he finally gives in after all these years and he's like I'm finally going to make my martial arts masterpiece (laughs) oh man every punch just like sinks into the flesh (laughs) of the recipient yeah and there's just like a long all the fight scenes take like way too long yes (laughs) But uh, Love and Monsters has some good effects. It probably
0: won't win. It will probably go to, let's say, Tenet. Yeah. yeah. I also have a snub for that one, which we'll talk about later. Okay. Yeah. Writing adapted screenplay Mm -hmm. uh, of the ones we've seen, Borat's subsequent movie film. Yep. And One Night in Miami. Yes. And The White Tiger, which I saw and was not particularly impressed by. Right. But it is the sort of thing that... Could win because it's an Indian film.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But I think it will go to One Night in
1: Miami. I don't think there's a uh, a reasonable doubt that it won't go to uh, One Night Miami. I and think it would. It's absolutely going to One Night Miami. I would. Yeah, One Night in Miami. I would love to know what the fuck Borat's subsequent movie film was adapted from. The Bible. <laughs> there are some weird things. Can we? I just. I just want to say it. We don't have to discuss it. Say it. But I'm just going to say it out loud. It's super weird that both the leads from Judas and the Black Messiah were nominated as supporting actors. We don't have to discuss it. I just want it said that, like, that's super weird and stupid. We don't have to discuss it.
0: But it is Judas and the Black Messiah. I th- I am 100% sure this is an actor thing where it's like mm-hmm. both of us are crucial to the story. Yeah. Neither of us lead it. Let's both go for supporting. You think that they made had a choice in this? Yeah, I do. I, I think it was probably a discussion by the filmmakers. was like, what do you want us to submit for? Oh, oh, okay. If that's, if that's what happened, then that's pretty cool. I am 100% sure that is what okay. it is. Because otherwise it would be Daniel Kaluuya mm-hmm. in lead and Lakeith Stanfeld in supporting. I would call them both leads, but okay. I mean... <sighs> It's also hedging your bets. What can sure. we win? Mm-hmm. Do we want to try to stack the leading actor mm-hmm. where we have less of a chance? Sure. Or do we want to go supporting where
1: one of these performances is going to stand out above the other? Gotcha. Okay. That's that's a, a better way to look at it than I had not thought of. But, yeah.
0: Uh, and One Night in Miami, fine film.
1: Fine film, yeah. I
0: enjoyed it. Not my
1: favorite. Uh, Great performances from the whole cast.
0: Absolutely. I particularly loved Muhammad Ali,
1: even though he didn't talk about uh, Tooth Decay. He didn't talk enough about Tooth Decay for me. Uh, My personal favorite was... um, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, yes. That actor, I've seen that actor in a bunch of other stuff, and I've always kind of liked his... The cut of his jib yeah and this is the first time he really got to to cut loose and do some real some real powerful acting
0: and him. it's interesting that one night in miami and uh judas and the black messiah sort of
1: they're around the same period they're
0: around the same period mm. um, one night in miami is
1: earlier yes it takes place a couple months before malcolm x is killed yes and yeah. it's after the kennedy assassination yes so probably like 64 i think Something like
0: that. It does say in the movie we just missed it, but both these deal with very iconic Black power structures. Yes, Judas and the Black Messiah with the Black Panthers, mm-hmm. and One Night in Miami with the Nation of Islam.
1: Yes, yes, and yep. they're
0: different ideologies. Although One Night in Miami doesn't really get into it mm-hmm. because the Nation of the Nation of Islam, which is not Islam, the religion. No. It is an entirely separate thing called the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. It is odd. And finally, uh, writing original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, mm-hmm. Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is completely fucking fiction. Yes. Uh, this is going to go to... This is the only category that I think Promising Young Woman could win.
1: Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. But it has it has more potential here than in Best Picture. Yes. I think it's going to go to trial as Chicago Seven. You're much probably to right. Our chagrin because Hollywood loves Aaron Sorkin. They do. Yeah. And again, it's neoliberal bullshit. It is. And they love that. The shit. only
0: other contender uh, aside from Promising Young Woman would be Judas and the Black Messiah. Right. To make it
1: the year of the Black Oscars. Sure. Uh Honestly, I think it will go to trial of the Chicago Seven. If if I had my way it would go to either of those two, Judas and the Black Messiah or a promising young woman. Yes. Both of them deserve it. Uh but yeah, it is going to trial of the Chicago Seven and we can't do jack shit about it. We can't. Yes. <sighs> By Without way, violent action. We have been missing out on our picks for our own movies for all these categories we were talking right. about.
0: Right. Well uh let's let's save that for the end, other okay. twenty
1: twenty movies. Okay. Let's talk about snubs. Sure, let's talk about snubs. Let me open my list of snubs, which I haven't letterboxed here. Now, I, I think we both agree.
0: We both watched the film Defy Bloods by Spike Lee. Yes. And that contains one of the most powerhouse performances either of us have ever seen, I believe.
1: Uh it's it's up there. I've seen a lot of movies, so it's hard for me yeah, to I, categorize but... that. Completely But in terms of 2020 movies
0: Yes I'd say Within the last 20 years Sure Uh,
1: Delroy Lindo Delroy Lindo, who has been a... a he's been around a, forever. A character actor who's just been chugging away in the background of all your favorite movies. He's, he's been in Congo. He's been in plenty of episodes of all the TV shows you've ever seen on TV. And he came out of the gate like a fucking sledgehammer. He is the
0: best part of this movie. Oh, my it's not God. A, it's not a bad movie, uh, mm. It's a little shaggy for my taste. Yeah, I don't think Spike Lee was very
1: focused. It's on the weirder side of the Spike Lee oeuvre. Spike Lee has like a range of films. His films are on a spectrum from... Uh, just not very traditional Hollywood to super fucking weird. What the fuck are you doing? Yes. And this one is a little is kind of in the middle, I think. Yes. At least from my very limited experience with Spike Lee films, it's it's not quite as mainstream as Black Klansman. No. It's not quite. It's not nearly as good as uh, Do the Right Thing. Do the right thing, but it's not quite as like what the fuck are you on as the Old Boy remake. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's there's a lot of fascinating stuff in that movie. There's a lot of really good stuff
1: in this movie. Absolutely, especially, especially this fucking performance.
0: That performance, Chadwick Boseman is great. He's in a sort of a, he plays like a, a, a very inspirational leader in
1: Vietnam. Yeah, and it deals with uh, an aspect of history that neither of us had really thought about. At least when we were talking about it the other yeah. day, neither of us had really thought about which is the idea of y- y- you're a black GI in the 60s, in Vietnam, hearing on the radio about how Martin Luther King Jr. just got shot in America... What the fuck does that do to you? Yeah. To think, I'm supporting a country that is killing my people. What am I fighting for? What am I fighting for? I never thought about that because I have had the privilege to never think about that. And
0: those were my favorite parts of the movie, aside from any time Delroy Lindo was on screen.
1: Delroy Lindo plays a person who went through that experience back in the day and has now gotten older and has become a Trump supporter. Yes. And he makes a character that two left-leaning uh suckers like us yeah. would immediately discount someone like that in, I would in most be, movies. We would immediately yeah. be like, ah, this fucker. And he makes that character the most compelling character in the entire Absolutely. Movie. And Spike Lee knew it. That's why he, he was like... The rest
0: of the characters get their character development. They get their mm-hmm. time to shine. Yeah. But this is clearly about... This is almost a character study of the Delroy Lindo character. Yeah. Where
1: it's like, I think maybe at one point it was a completely ensemble piece, but Delroy Lindo maybe just from the force of his own acting yep. takes over the movie.
0: Some movies are made in editing like that, maybe. Uh, yeah, but he, he should have gotten he either is several.
1: Leading, sorry, go ahead. He should have gotten either leading actor or supporting because it is an ensemble piece, and he has some moments where he monologues straight to camera. Again, Spike Lee movie, and uh, they were some of the most. There are some of the moments that I have been most intimidated by a character in a movie is when he was talking to me. I was was scared. (laughs) He was going to come out the the fucking TV screen and beat the shit out of me. So what's another snub you have? Uh, Big snub for uh, special effects. This is a movie that I haven't actually seen, so maybe I'm being completely uh, up my own ass about this. But this has to do with, again, the fact that hollywood uh has is is allergic to imagination in movies there is a movie that came out at the tail end of 2020 which looks like a movie that i'm going to fucking love when i finally watch it psycho gorman okay which uh is mostly a appears to be a big uh showcase for practical creature effects awesome which we do not have nearly enough in this day and age and it's a it's it's a weird little obscure movie that I will might end up on the podcast at some point. Sure, it seems like it's it's more trying to capture that sort of that same tone that uh, Krampus is trying to capture. Okay, the sort
0: of eighties. Like, sort of it's okay to make a scary movie for kids.
1: Yeah, that kind of a thing. It's sort of that combined with uh, the all those E.T. knockoff movies that were made in the in the mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, but the twist with this one is, instead of coming in peace, the alien in question is actually a horrifying killer <laughs> monster. But because the kids have the magic stone, they can tell him to do whatever they want him to do.
0: Uh, another snub of mine, and we both agree with this, Yeah, Birds of Prey should have gotten something. Something! Most likely production design.
1: Most likely production design. But that is one of the only movies... That actually came out in theaters yeah. this year and, and not this year, but in 2020 and it deserve and it was a pretty fucking good movie, man. Like it deserves, it deserves something at least just for having uh, so many female, uh, so, so many ladies, I should say, involved in the making of the film. So many women, there's almost an entirely female cast and almost an entirely female production and, and direction and writing staff It was just a fantastic fucking movie. It's not the greatest film ever made, but yeah, the production design was great. Boss Bitch is a kick-ass song that more people need to acknowledge. It's just a a fucking great movie. Uh, Do you have another snub? Yes, I do. Uh, This is going to seem weird to some people, especially if they haven't seen it, but I think Bill and Ted face the music to serve to something. For what? Uh... I'll give it uh, either best song for the stuff at the end. It certainly deserved it more than fucking uh, Will Ferrell. Husevic, yeah, Husavik. Uh Or if I wanted to do give it uh, something else, I would give it maybe one of those sort of technical Oscars, like best special effects or best best screenplay for the the writers who, I... who came back to this franchise after this long and managed to make such a satisfying sequel to this trilogy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if I were an Academy voter, I would
0: not get within 10 feet of Bill and Ted Face the Music. No, but that's...
1: I also loved it, Yeah, but I couldn't think of anything. like. Here's, here's even... my point about the Oscars. The Oscars are not, and have never been, about what the best movies of the year are. And a big part of that is that there are certain genres, certain types of movies that they just won't go near no matter how good they are. It doesn't matter if... Now, I know that King Kong vs. Godzilla has been getting good press, but I also know every single person who's seen it is like, it's good for what it is. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is the case. But King Kong vs. Godzilla could be the best movie I've ever seen in my life. True. And it will never get an Oscar. No. It will never get an Oscar because it's a movie about a giant monkey fighting a giant lizard, and at some point a robot lizard gets involved. Like, no fucking way. And in if I can jump to another snub real quick... My biggest snub of the year is because this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Possessor. Possessor? That was on my list, too. Fucking Possessor. Deserved to be nominated in every category. (laughs) I don't know about every category. Except maybe Score. (laughs) But I will definitely
0: give you Best best Actress for Andrea Riseborough. Yes. And she's the reason why I called Charlotte Gainsbourg... Charlotte Gainesborough
1: because, because of Andrea Riseborough Angel and Rinesboro. Uh, best, best visual v- effects. Best visual effects. Best direction. Uh yeah. uh Man, watch Possessor. It's probably coming to the podcast it's, eventually. It is most definitely coming to the podcast eventually. I just haven't seen the uncut version yet. We'll have to watch that. We'll have to watch. Well, it. Well,
0: it's you can
1: always rent. We don't even if we don't watch it together. You can rent it on. I can rent it on yeah. Amazon, but yeah, I mean, since you already have it, you have it, right? Yes. Since you already have it, I'll probably just wait till then, so okay. I can save my money. Well, I can start uh, throwing it on the pile. Sure, but yeah, Possessor. I don't want to get too deep into it because every time i've tried to explain the plot to somebody that person has given me a weird side eye like i just ex- told them that serbian film is my favorite movie <laughs> uh or or the brain that would not die is my favorite movie but this fucking movie is so fucking good it's like the best episode the twilight zone never made yeah yeah i i recommend it to anyone and everyone uh, except if you're queasy about gross shit, then maybe not. But every, but it's so good. It's so fucking good. And Hollywood will never fucking touch it with a 10-foot pole. No. Yeah. So let's close
0: out the episode with, mm-hmm. of the movies that we've seen, yes. what is the best
1: picture? Uh, best picture uh, out of all of yes. 1,000 Wives of Weird, you mean? Yes. Ah, okay. Let's see here. Best picture man that is so fucking hard it is hard I will say for the purposes of this podcast if I'm going to go with the movie that I have seen out of all of our episodes that has stuck with me the most again going with the idea that the Oscars are not actually about what is the best yeah. made movie just say fucking meet the hollow heads. meet the hollow heads. yes yes <laughs> meet best the hollow heads picture
0: meet the hollow has stuck with me so fucking hard it's it's like an arcane horror that we witness I it's so fucking beautiful in it's madness it
1: never goes through I, we never go through an episode without mentioning it at least once we never go through like just hanging out just without, hanging like, out one of us be,
0: usually me just be like
1: <laughs> I can't believe I glimpsed it <laughs> it's it's like Cthulhu yes we we, we it's, it's like the movie from uh fucking uh shit in the mouth of madness, and I uh, cigarette burns. Cigarette burns. It's like the movie from Cigarette Burns. Yeah. the The closer we got to it, the more it's imprinted in my brain, and now I can't. I can't sleep at night. I just see <laughs> tubes. I just see tubes with slime coming out of them everywhere I go. It's a movie that
0: was so difficult for us on the first watch that we <laughs> didn't like it. We didn't only, like it, and only after realizing, like, only in talking about it, we're like. No, that was an amazing experience. <laughs> and we, we
1: just literally didn't get it. And since making that episode, we've never stopped talking about it. No. <laughs> we I mention it to people who have never heard of it. And our and our good buddy,
0: Matt Shackman, or Shakeman, <laughs> went on to do WandaVision. The uh, young boy in that movie uh-huh. is the director for all of WandaVision.
1: Is he real? Yes! Oh my
0: God! I, again, I don't know if it's Shackman or Shakeman, but we didn't even know Matty then. Maddie Boy,
1: Maddie Boy, you were one of the best actors in that movie, which won- is saying something because yeah. everyone in that movie was tremendous. Absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say to uh, close out our Oscar roundup? Uh, no, I think I think that this went uh, much better than the last time I did an Oscar roundup. Yeah. And uh, I'll leave that completely without context for our listeners. Sure. Sure. Uh, so this is
0: going to come out before Horse Girl, most likely. Most likely. So it our next com- episode will be Horse Girl. Yeah. And then hopefully... The episode after that will be Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four is coming out sometime. And then... I don't know what we'll
1: be talking about next week. Uh, Who knows? We'll talk about something weird. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be great, and you should listen to it, because it's going to be the best episode yet. Exactly. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.